0: Harley, you know what's going on, uh, I uh, oh, I just, a couple of days ago, I got my Essendon membership in, thanks George, uh, now, Harley, and, and I expressed excitement, Yeah. and Harley, I was in the backyard uh, with you Harley, and you said, funny thing is, dad, you don't strike me as someone who is all that passionate about football and I uh, I just looked at you and I thought you're a smart one aren't you (laughs) because you're right you know I bung it on a bit uh, not really you know um, I uh, I kind of manufacture it a little bit But I enjoy it a lot. But it's not, you know, like um, I wouldn't get into a fight at the end of a footy match, I did once. um, But that was something different, Um, yeah. Remember that, Cam? (laughs) I tell you what, there's nothing better on one level. It's bad, of course, to get into a fight at the footy. Um, But the camaraderie when you're side by, shoulder to shoulder, shoulder to shoulder with your brother. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, that aside. Um, Now, and that that wasn't our doing. Uh, That was someone else's doing. Uh, Now, um, I just remembered uh, my dad, was shoulder to shoulder with his brother once in Lansfield, in the Lansfield pub. Yeah, we grew up in Lansfield, and uh, and my uncle, my father's brother. Uh, I don't know what happened. We were kids, and we heard later that uh, the the two Ryan boys. <laughs> oh. I just gave away my real name. Uh, Took on the whole pub, Uh, and I think it was my uncle. He was a boxer actually, and uh, I think he said, "I'll have you all." It didn't work out well for them. Uh, The numbers, the the numbers weren't good. I'm not a fighter, you know myself. Uh, Just occasionally, I get into a fracas but you can't do it as much anymore Uh, and and, um, because someone will pull a sneaky knife on you these days Uh, but about once a year something happens Um, sometimes a little bit instinctive Uh, uh, and my wife and kids they kind of laugh about it but I've also been warned Not to be an idiot, uh, but it happens. I didn't mean to talk about all this, by the way. Uh, But look, I was jumping off the train at my train station, Glen Burby, and another bloke got off the train, a hoodie type of guy, and in a flash pulled out a spray can and started spraying the side of the train before it took off. And I had my laptop case and I was wearing a suit. And he was doing it right in front of me and for some reason, I didn't have time to think about it. I took that as an insult in a way. Uh, I didn't look, I didn't think about it, but him just spraying merrily right in front of me, I thought, and what I did, um, I can't fight. I will say that much, but I used to play football and I know how to hip and shoulder and I gave him a hip and shoulder. And as always, when I give people hips, and shoulders, is that the right plural, as always when I give people a hip and shoulder, hip and shoulder, um, you it doesn't really mean, you know, like, if you time it right, and you get them, catch them unawares, um, they go flying, you know, as I would if they got me just right, anyway, I got him fairly airborne, and he went sprawling across the, uh, the sort of tarmac, and... And I was a little bit thrown because I wasn't expecting that. I was just going to give him... I, look, I was really only ge- giving him a bump because I, I just got a bit of a surge of anger, you know, that he was painting my train. And, uh, and he went flying, you know. Um, and then he started yelling at me and all that sort of stuff, but he didn't come and try and fight me or anything like that. Uh, so I think he was just a bit thrown himself. And then I had to walk home and my house... Uh, is in the same street as the train station. And he walked on the other side of the road, just sniping a little bit, you know, just saying things every now and again. Uh, Swear words, you know. And uh, and I thought to myself, hmm, I can't actually walk into my house now. I don't know this guy. And uh, so we had this odd situation where I'm walking on one side of the street and he's walking on the other side of the street all the way down Glass Street and I just walked past my house as if I didn't know it and I went and sat in Max's for quite a long time and rang my wife and said I just can't actually just come home just yet and I'll explain when I get there you know we've had a couple of situations like that really rare you know and I don't try and glorify it or anything like that I've never actually been in a fight where I've done anything um, impressive just a hip and a shoulder every now and again. There was another one um, where my wife had to adjudicate in the end. And, uh, and she's um, and this guy was a big guy. Um, oh, look, I'll just, for the fun of it, I'll just mention a couple of these things. And uh, are you listening? <laughs> Go to the... <laughs> you, the bloke who owns the lawn mechanic shop (laughs) if you are I'm giving a false name here so you won't be able to track me down again although he knows who I am because I have my car in there and um and we had an altercation in his office, it's a fairly small office, water cooler in the corner and uh and uh he was oh he now what was I get? What was I getting? Oh, my car was running rough, and um, they said they were going to pull it down. You know the car. It was going to cost me thousands. You know, and um, and it was my suggestion that we try. You know, I'm no mechanic, but you know my dad was a mechanic, and I said, can we just try and run some? Um, what do you? What is it when you? put something in the oil, um, you know, uh, cleaner, you know, I forget even what it's called, and um, can can we just try and flush it out, you know, it's flush, you know, and um, so, you know, they said, all right, we'll give it a go, you know, but, you know, and 100%, if I hadn't suggested that, they would have pulled my engine down, and it would have cost me thousands, and and just as bad as that we were on a holiday in Lawn, which is where I'm heading right now, actually, I'm on my way to Lawn right now, uh, but that's unrelated, I'm doing big kilometres at the moment, um, and uh, he, um, and they said, alright, we'll try and flush it out, you know, it'll cost you blah, 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 $15, $25, I forget what it was, for flush, engine flush, you know, and uh, they put it in. And then they had to run the engine for about an hour, or half an hour, I can't remember, maybe 40 minutes. And, and, um, yeah, originally they said, oh, what did they say? You know, that I had something gone, I forget what. Yeah. Anyway, doesn't matter, whatever it was, they said, I I, I basically need to pull the engine down and it would be a week or two, you know, blah, 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 and all that sort of stuff. And I would have had to get another car, hire a car, get my family back to Melbourne, all that stuff, then come back to Lawn and pick up my car. It would have cost thousands. Anyway, it was my idea to flush the engine out. And they tried to flush the engine out and it bloody worked. And... I actually got annoyed, you know, I said, listen, I'm not even a mechanic, well, and if I hadn't suggested that, you wouldn't have tried it, and I was actually a bit upset, you know, and, um, and it was $25 for the engine flush, maybe 15 I can't remember, anyway, um, they hadn't done anything, you know, All they'd, they'd, they'd probably run tests, one of the cylinders wasn't firing or something like that, you know, something was clogged, anyway... Um, and they misdiagnosed it, you know, and said the car was, you know, the, the, I don't know, valve, I can't remember what it was. Anyway, it was a couple of years ago, maybe three or four, and, uh, and, and I said, oh, you know, I was really angry, you know, it's not really angry, but a bit angry, you know, and I sort of said, and I actually said a couple of words, I said, listen, you know, that wasn't right, You're, you're supposed to try and do the right thing you know try and do the low-cost things and then as a last resort you know make get me a new engine you know anyway he he kind of had that you know he he was just yeah yeah didn't care you know what i mean and all that sort of stuff and i said anyway right um give us the bill you know i wasn't making a big deal at that point he gave me a bill i can't remember what it was was about a hundred or something maybe 180 I'm not massive, but then I said to him, hang on, are you charging me, and I can't remember what it was, um, are you charging me for all the time you put in, and he said, yeah, yeah, look, we had to spend half an hour talking to you to find a solution, and all that sort of stuff, and I went, hey, where's, you? and I, started, I said, where's your shame, you know, now, it was a matter of principle, it really wasn't about the money, but I was thinking, you know, I said, listen, you know, this really—you should really only be charging me for the flush plus. Yeah, you know, if you had diagnosed it correctly, if you had it, tried to flush the engine out, you know maybe I'm in the wrong. You know, uh, and my wife sort of said, you know, sometimes you got to suck it up and all that sort of stuff. But I said, um, yeah, because I'm a little bit forthright when you know, when I—I I you know, let most things go. I'm, I'm really calm, you know. I'd be unzen maybe once every six months or a year, yeah. You know? And uh, and I said, no, I'm not paying that. I want to be charged just for what you would have charged me you had you diagnosed it properly. And he said, well, you're not getting your car back. And then he was he was standing in the doorway. He's a huge bloke. He's about. Uh, he would definitely be six foot maybe six foot two but a pretty big sort of guy and the old hip and shoulder again i didn't even know i was going to do it myself but i just went uh, oh it was because he was blocking the door and it's a very small office and you know very narrow there's a counter and a water cooler behind me and all that sort of stuff and there's only one door out and it's because he blocked the door and I think he, he I think he kind of, he didn't fold his arms or anything like that. He was just standing there and he had this, and he was just what you would call gazing at me balefully, you know, like, what are you gonna do, you know? And I felt a little bit trapped in more ways than one. He had my car, he had my car keys, and I, you know, I didn't want to pay the extra hundred bucks <laughs> on principle, and I just ran at him, and hip and shoulder, and he, had he just went bang. There was a car behind him. It was a kind of four-wheel drive, and I couldn't believe it. But he got airborne as well. Um, it's very much a football thing if you've played football, Aussie rules, you know. Um, you know you can, um, yeah. If you just, if you just drop the shoulder just slightly and run it, you can really get some weight behind and um and I was smaller than him I'm about five foot nine yeah I think about that five foot nine five foot ten whatever that is and I think five foot nine and um got him airborne and he went bang against the car behind him and then he just went he kind of half picked me up half pushed me And he pretty much pushed me up. I don't know, basically pushed me, but just, he was in a rage. And I went flying across his office. And I just remember that water cooler because that's where I landed. And I went flying across and went bang into the wall on the other side. You know, sort of staggering backwards, half flying. And boom, you know. And then I got up and I think both of us were shocked. Yeah, there was no fight that ensued. No fight that ensued. Um, But... We're just standing there and I said, I'm just not pay. I want my keys, you know. So it doesn't always end up what you, the way you'd think, you know. We just kept arguing. Like, I don't think both of, either of us was planning to get physical. And then he said, I'm ringing the police. And I said, well, I'm ringing my wife. <laughs> it, was, it was getting a little bit childish at that point. And I said, go ahead. In fact, I'll ring the police as well, you know. And um, I'm happy if you do something like that, you know. All childish stuff. Look, we're both... I would have been, look, I'm 56 now. Look, I was probably 52, you know. And he was 55, maybe. 50, yeah, he would have been 55. He looked a bit older than me, but I'm pretty beautiful for my age. So maybe he was just my age. Just kidding. I'm not actually, I love myself a bit. Anyway, um, so, I rang my wife and I said, oh, by that stage, I walked out. and He didn't stop me or anything. Um, and he just, you know, we both sulkily, you know, walked into our corners. And I went into the corner of his yard sort of thing. And I, I was looking out over the hill because it's up on a real rise, you know, very hilly at the back of lawn. And um, and I said, and I rang wife, you know, I won't say her name. I said, I've got a little bit of a problem. And she said, oh, yeah, you know, and she didn't suspect anything. And she said more expensive, you know, because we are already stressing about the car, I said, no, 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 it's not that, it's just that I got into a slight altercation, you know, and she, uh, she knows me, and she said, oh, what have you done, and I said, nothing much, just a hip and shoulder, she said, right, you know, she said, I'm coming down there, and I said, oh, you'll have to walk, because I haven't got my car, what, <laughs> I went like that a bit, anyway, she got a lift, uh, because her uncle was in town, and got a lift up, and then, to cut a long story short, um, she, she's only short, and I'm, I don't mean that disparagingly, but she packs a punch. Look, she's a lawyer, you know, and uh, a litigator to boot, you know. And she wasn't happy with me, and she wasn't happy with him either. And she said, I can't believe, because she's a lot younger than me, she said, I can't believe two men your age. <laughs> so you can remember, you can imagine how the lecture goes. And then she started saying, listen, Here's the facts, yeah. Um, and she w- she actually took me inside afterwards and said, "You're in the wrong because you were the first person who laid a hand." Yeah, and I think, yeah, typical of me, if you've heard me in all of this podcast, yeah, had to be pedantic. And I said, "No, no, it was a hip and a shoulder." I didn't shut up. <laughs> you were the first person to lay a hand. You were in the wrong. He could ring the police, she said. Yeah, I know, I know, but you got no idea and I I know I know the way I say these things, I'll like, say yeah, he was a real pig, you know. She doesn't care <laughs> No, I said you don't know the look on his face. He was asking for it, you know? And yeah, this is a, she said she still didn't care. And um that was that, you know. But she knows she knows me. Look this you know, in Mooney Ponds and uh, it's not there anymore, but there was a coffee shop with a big Greek guy in there and uh And I went in there once. Very similar situation. Although no physical... No physicality happened on that occasion. There was another hip and shoulder once. but I'll probably remember before I finish. And, um... And that one... should have been funny. But it wasn't at the time. And... I'd ordered a big breakfast. It was a little bit like a movie Falling Down that I saw once. And it had mushrooms as one of the items on the menu and um, and it only had, I had one tiny little mushroom you know and I took it back and I said listen you know this is a tiny little mushroom yeah and, uh, and he got a knife and he cut it in half and he said there now you've got two and I went. That wasn't good. I remember exactly what I said. That wasn't right. What you just did there. And I was really angry, you know. And I said, um, and I didn't know what to say, but I, I, I ended up saying, "Everybody, this bloke just did something that wasn't right." And this, and I remember, I'll, I'll have to swear for a minute, kids, because I actually did swear. I don't normally swear. Yeah. You know? I said, "This place is shit." <laughs> Again, I was childish. Um, uh, I'm not into fighting at all, I didn't even, that one ended up nothing, you know, I walked out, um, but I was telling everyone, you should be, you should not be in this restaurant, this place is no good, and then he started to get angry, and I said, look, I'm just out of here, I'm not paying, I'm gone, and I walked out, and he didn't follow me, and that was the end of that one, so that was pretty low-key. I feel like there was another one, sometimes, uh, only rarely do I bring these up and only uh, with the, under the you know, uh, anonymity <laughs> of this podcast do I even talk about them now, my wife doesn't like me sort of bringing them up it's not a good example for the children you know. and the days of being a bit physical, you know are gone because there are people with ice and, you know look when you were young back when my dad for example when he had his blue my dad would have had no more than a couple of fights in his entire life yeah you know, in fact that's the only one I can think of that he ever had uh, I, I know he ended up being caught um, on one occasion uh, look my dad's dead now uh, but this just gives you an insight my father was an amazingly hard worker, and when he was young, um, I can't remember the other hip and shoulder I did for someone else, Um, you know, it doesn't shower me with glory talking about these things, I've just, I was talking about something else when I started this episode, but I ended up talking about this, uh, uh, Torquay Anglesey, Torquay Anglesey, I'm just getting, I've reached that turn off where you can go to Colac that way Uh, my uncle see, I'm on a long drive so I'll flit about my uncle his auntie came from Colac you can google this and uh, and she uh, slowly poisoned her husband with strychnine she had a boyfriend and he died she ended up going to jail. Uh, my mother-in-law says, "Why do you, you know, your f- all these things? You know, why are you proud of these things?" Well, I'm not, but they're interesting. And you know, well, I was coming down to Lawn the other day. I'm on my way to Lawn right now again. And uh, and she said, "These things, you know, you talk about about your family. If that was my family, I wouldn't say these things." You know, I said, "Yeah, bro." We're a very straight up and down family, very conservative, you know, um, very normal, you know, but we're very big. We've got a very big family, so you're going to have a few things happen. And, you know, I was trying to fill in time going to Lawn the other day and I was chatting away about these things with my nephew and niece who were in the car um, just because we were bored, you know, and. I'm kind of doing a repeat episode here. Uh, Yeah, episode. A repeat episode here, except on a podcast. I'm doing it with you now. I was doing it with them the other day. I didn't tell them about the hip and shoulder episodes. I was telling them about other, you know, salacious (laughs) things. Um, There's a thousand stories. Look, I've got a huge family. Lots and lots of cousins. And uh, you got to get stuff, you know. You're going to get people who... Uh, if you've got a, statistically, if you've got a large family, some are going to be on first name basis with the Queen, and some are going to be crackheads, yeah? on first name basis with Keith Richard. Um, anyway, um, what was I talking about? My dad, I remember talking about him, then I talked about my uncle, uh, my uncle passed away too. It's a passing parade. Yeah, time flies. Uh, And uh, anyway, um, I didn't take the Colac route. If you go to Colac, you end up. What you do is you turn left at Winchelsea to get to Lawn, and um, Dean's Marsh is about three quarters of the way along there. I was coming to Lawn on Boxing Day, which is uh, what a month ago. And I won't explain why, but I, in some desperation, um, I had to jump a fence because there was a likely bush. I had my kids in the car and my wife. And um, there was a nice thick bush and I I needed to visit it. I was desperate. Uh, I'm drinking a lot of water. In fact, I've got a couple of bottles here these days because it's very healthy for you. And on a long drive, I drink at least a couple of bottles. Anyway, um, this was just in, on Boxing Day the other day, uh, the other month, last month, and I'm a- I've actually still got an injury on my leg right now, Uh I know I'm 56, but I can beat you in a race, whoever you are, I'm actually, I, I played a game of football this year, and I mean, sorry, at the end of last year, um, and ran the game out, I actually trained for three what was it, I not know, probably through four weeks or something, and I trained hard, I was doing sprints at the front of my house, and got myself fit, and ran the game out, and didn't get injured, four people did get injured, I spoke about that another time, um, but I ran the game out, didn't get many kicks or anything like that, but laid a few tackles, got tackled a few times, I think it's blokes love tackling, The ta- it really did feel good, being just getting physical and you can't do that in normal life um, you know at the age I am at now those days are gone and you remember Jesus it was good when you were young um, when you could you know you played football and contact sports and you know you'd be crunched three blokes you know would crunch you and you'd be pinned and you couldn't move, you know, and that happened to me last September when I was playing, I was playing for, um, yeah, all the fathers of, uh, I'm, I'm actually an older father, so I've still got a, a son who's eight, you know, and um, the fathers of one school play, it's an annual game against the fathers of another school, you know, so we were St Vincent de Paul's, and all the fathers, and it's very serious, we had four major injuries, just in our team, um, I don't know what the other team had, and there's there's always a sprinkling of ex-AFL players in there, because they have babies too, and, um, and, um, and I ran the game out, um, I was very pleased about that. Now, why was I talking about that? It was because last time, on uh, uh, Boxing Day, when I was coming to Lawn, there was a fence into a farm. You know, the farm fence. You know, oh, sorry, a, a farm gate. And I, I, I made a run for it. Yeah. And you know how you sort of vault but put all your weight on top of the fence, but you're still vaulting it. You know, you launch yourself up and you get one foot over, up the top and kind of hoist yourself over, but all in one movement, you know. So, yeah, you know, just for a second, you feel like you're, you know, you're 21, you know. I actually haven't, uh, haven't come to terms with the idea that I'm not yet, you know, deep down, I still feel pretty fresh. And I still am pretty fresh, you know. Um, anyway, I've got my, own. I was vaulting this fence, and rather desperate, and the fence wasn't bolted on. Now, if you're going, through dean's marsh there's an old farm yeah coming from winchelsea to lawn on the right just before you get to the store you know um and you're probably wondering why i didn't go to the toilet in the store it's because i already tried that there was a line of four people and i put my daughter fifth in line and then i ran back trying to find this farm you know, there's an old farm there. It's derelict absolutely derelict so it wasn't really trespassing well, yes it was, but it wasn't, you know, there's no one living there, it's crap, you know, it's very derelict, get onto Google Earth, get onto Google Earth right now and have a look, there's a farm gate there, rusty, and I leapt that, and it just went, it just collapsed underneath me, and bang, bang, just bang, and my injuries were, I I still kind of suspect I might have got a sort of slightly broken rib on the left hand side but I had a big gash out of my elbow but my leg was the worst thing and um it's still recovering now um I took a real chunk out of that had to go to hospital for that one um just to get it treated and um and my right shoulder and I think they were my they were the four main injuries uh that, that were the only four injuries and I was just lying on this flat flattened this now flat on the ground gate going well i can't say what i said you know i was sitting there and i got shit again ouch and duck oh and i still needed to go to the toilet badly so look i, I, I sort of rushed over to the got up and um you know you you're not impeded first up. You know, you can still go for it. Um, and uh, sort of things out bleeding a little bit in I didn't actually know my elbow was even bleeding. That was the bit that was bleeding the most. And I could see the leg one. And even though I had jeans on, I knew that was a problem because I could feel that one very easily. And um, and then I sort of I didn't know whether to tell my wife and all that sort of stuff as I went back. But then as I got to there's a little balcony area um and as i got there and i was trying to walk normally look i was fine you know but it hurt i put the gate back up again actually which i shouldn't do you know what farmer doesn't bolt his gate on yeah someone else is going to make a dash for that bush one day and they're going to get injured and it's going to be my fault you know i should put a sign on it warning this gate isn't bolted on what the you know wtf you know That's what they say in the social media world. Uh, Passing the time very well here, 31.17. I'm just coming into Anglesey now. Coming down the hill. Um, Hang on, i have a drink. How's that for sound effects? Now, um, so I went back and then a bloke, a really nice guy, a family, you know, said, excuse me, sir. Uh, uh, your arm and I went and then I kinda you can't see your elbow very easily but I looked at oh god and it was bleeding, you know. And his wife pulled out a handbag and she had a big bandage thing in there. You know, like she had the one of those stick-on ones and she said, just come over here, you know. And she had a little wipe and she cleaned it a bit put the bandage on and went, Oh, that's very well prepared <laughs> Which I thought was pretty impressive. And I went in. I went back into the um, into the cafe and sort of sat there and didn't make a big deal of it. And then just quietly said to myself, oh, "I had a bit of a fall out there and all that sort of stuff." But there was nothing much to see, and I didn't make a big deal of it at the time. But eventually, kind of had to ma- had to make a bit of bit of a deal with it because I had to go and get it checked out because I didn't want my leg to get bacterial. Now well, that was that. Um... Look, I've talked you all the way into Anglesey. I'm not actually in Anglesey yet. I thought I was just coming in, but I'm not. Where am I? Probably another five minutes down the road. Okay. Um, ah, by the way, It you were 15 today. My oldest daughter. All fake names. I don't put real names on my podcast. But Scarlett was 15 today. Uh, she loves singing she's into opera and she loves musical theatre um and she's very handy you know um she um does all the odd jobs around the house if you've got a broken gate she'll fix it Uh, she's just good like that she's got a knack she caught that off my dad you know I'm hopeless but she's good um yeah uh, oh no, it's not Anglesey here. It's just the road to Anglesey. All right, I'm on the main road, B100, and that's right. It's another 10-15 minutes to Anglesey, and um, so she got all. And she loves dressing elegantly. You know, she in fact she dresses elegantly all day long, every day. Um, never a hair out of place. You know, perfectly um, well turned out she is every day. But she happens to be. Uh, handy band and so she got a lot of lovely things you know she's into the arts oh she's a painter as well and uh, she goes to arts art school and um and a drawer but she loves tools you know so we got her a drill cordless drill and a big box of um uh, drill bits and all that sort of stuff you know because she's been just using our, all our, you know, our odds and bobs uh, and sods kind of tools around the house. We have got her our own tool set. And um, and it's so cute, but when she opened the tool set, she was just running, you know, hi Scarlet, you were running your fingers along all the drill bits and everything as if they were beautiful. And they were actually. These things can be a thing of beauty. She's got, you know, she's got all the uh, she's got uh, all the jewellery and all the beautiful things or you know her room her desk and everything is you know done out beautifully with um all sorts of lovely sort of ornaments and things like this you know and little bits and pieces from shows she's done you know because she sings and stuff like that and um lovely you know framed she's got a kind of a Beauty in the Beast frame, but it's heavy, you know, my wife ordered it from America, a Beauty in the Beast frame, you know, like, um, the Beauty and the Beast has got, and all that sort of stuff, um, but, she was, um, just running her hand along the, all the bits and pieces that go with her, you know, her drill, um, yeah, because because it's, it's got drill bits, and it's got screw bits, you know, the, the way you do the screws, and, um, and other bits and pieces too. Uh, wood turning tools and all that sort of stuff. And I could see she, she, she was saying, This is beautiful. And I'm, I'm just filling in time here. Yeah. This, uh, this episode can surely be of no interest to anyone anymore. Uh, this is really one of those episodes where it's me talking to me. Um, what else? Oh, how did I start this episode? Yes. Um, I remember, Harley, you said, I can't you know, you don't strike me as being passionate about football, Essendon and all that sort of stuff. And she's right. But I do remember I really did get into it when I was a kid. Yeah, and cricket as well. I loved cricket. I used to keep scrapbooks even, and I've still got the scrapbooks. I've got the scrapbook for the centenary test in nineteen eighty. There were two centenary tests, 1977 and 1980. Different types of centenaries. Um, And you know, I used to be right into the stats, and I met Gary Folds and Neville Fields, I think it was, at a Pioneer when I was playing footy Um, in primary school. They're the first two Essendon players I met, and I was starstruck, and I loved it. You know, oh, not Gary Folds. It was um, Alan Noonan, yeah, full forward. You know and I'm pretty sure it was Neville Fields. Um, and they became my favorite players because I had met them you know, when I was about, what, about seven or eight, however old I was, and, um, and I did love footy. And look, a lot of people in my family love footy, but Harley was right. My passion is slightly manufactured. manufactured In as much as she said, her quote was, your quote, Harley, was, you're not the sort of, you know, she was referring to uncles and all that sort of stuff, and cousins and brothers and all that sort of stuff, who will sit in front of the TV and watch a game, and I've got one brother who watches the draft, you know, and keeps his eye on schoolboy football to see who the up-and-comers are who are going to be playing for Essendon one day, you know. We were at Windy Hill one time, and Steve Alessio, who I've chatted to, actually, he lives in my... yeah, Essendon footballer. His grandmother was friends with my grandmother, but he's a famous Essendon footballer. And, uh, anyway, we were at the Reserves match at Windy Hill a few years ago, my brother and I, Um, and the Essendon barracking brother, the second oldest brother, the one after me, he ended up burying for Hawthorne. It's always the second oldest, you know, the middle child, although he's not a middle child because there's six of us. Right, now Steve Alessio was going to sit down um, in front of us and Cameron, oh sorry I said his name, he nudged me and he said look at that. I said yeah, it's Steve Alessio yeah, and he said no, 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 don't forget him because he'd retired by then. He had three or four sons Behind him, yeah, you know, varying ages. I think maybe seven, ten, six. Uh, as it turns out, my um, my son is now in the same school as them, but that's a whole other story, you know. But that's passion, you know. Where he's, because he, we've got the father and son rule, so my brother was sort of saying, there, you know, that's the next generation of Essendon players. So he's already got his eyes on the talent coming through. Actually, one of those Alessio boys plays the Strathmore. I think, because uh, when I played football last year, we, we actually um, trained at Strathmore's ground for some of our training sessions, and I ended up wearing a Strathmore football jumper. Uh, we borrowed football jumpers. Right, so that's that Battle of the Saints, because of St Vincent de Paul's and St Monica's. I'm jumping around, and I know it. Uh, I'm actually getting desperate now. Uh, It's pretty dark, it's 11.53, nearly midnight, good time, oh look I'll wait till the ankle see, um okay, um, which is coming up right now, uh, so Harley you said you're not the kind of person who's just gonna sit and watch TV, you know, and be passionate about the footy, and she's right, I'm not really passionate about anything really, not much, but I don't think that's a bad thing, and yet I really do get a lot out of it too. Look, I'm not trying to talk about myself here. Uh, I'm just lonely. On a lonely road. Uh, <laughs> I'm not really. I love it. I don't get enough time doing this, being by myself. Or well, you probably think I do because you listen. When I'm speaking in this podcast, I am by myself normally because I'm on the way to work or back. Yeah, you know? uh, But nine times out of ten, I'm never alone. Okay, uh, I'm going to just stop the episode there. Um, yes but Harley you're right I don't really have a great passion but I think people are over you know I, I, I do understand that on social media people are passionate you know but I really am detached but I think we could do with a bit more of that in the world you know um, I'll leave it at that alright you know I could have done a segue then to all sorts of topical issues um, uh, Donald Trump, you know, tried to broker an arrangement between Israel and Palestine, you know, a lump it or leave it a, um, offer to the Palestinians, you know, forego East Jerusalem, you know, and you can have your own state, all this sort of stuff, and they've told him to get stuffed, I think. Yeah, you know, I could do a whole episode on just that. So I'm into history and politics, uh, but I, I'm not going to, you know, but, you know, blind Freddy could have said could have could have seen that Abbas was going to say get stuff for that one you know and yeah Donald Trump yeah standing next to Netanyahu Netanyahu Yahoo hey you know Yahoo you know Yahweh is the last thing I'll say you know back in the ancient times Yahweh and God um they didn't have vowels vowels came along later I'm getting little bit anxious now, but for reasons I can't explain, uh, and I ain't going near a farm gate on this occasion. But I'm I'm actually near the beach now. Um, Do I dare? (laughs) Do you, (laughs) Pug? Um. Now, uh, I might actually. It's nice down there. Um, Yahweh. Now they didn't have vowels. All that comes down to us is uh, Y, W, H or is it Y-W-H-W whatever Y-H-W-H that's God Y-H-W-H you know in the ancient scroll scribbles um, God was known as Y-H-W-H symbol you know like you've got a symbol on top of Jesus' cross I-N-R-I whatever that means you know I sort of, sort of know what that means, but I, uh, it's not what I'm talking about. Y-H-W-H. Now, many centuries later, that's been interpreted as being Yahweh. We've inserted the vowels ourselves. We've got no record of what that... It could have been woo, you know? And someone famously said, I can't remember who said It actually could have been Yahoo... Yahweh. Y-H-W-H. Yahoo Wow. Yeah. W H, we don't know whether it was Yahweh or you whoa, you wow it could be anything uh, I think that's a suitably stupid way to finish off this uh, ramble of an episode uh, I've got I've got something to do see you later I can't resist. I remember the other one. Or oh, yeah, another one that was recent. And I'm not sure about the wisdom of my actions in this one. Uh, well, we've had a couple of situations recently. We, uh, My mother-in-law had her... And this is not it. My mother-in-law uh, had her handbag stolen at the airport, at Melbourne Airport. And um, unbeknown to me... I had also had a phone stolen from me. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't know because I'd put my car in for cleaning and I had a spare phone which was still active and, I, you know, I completely forgot about it. And um, because I, I upgraded my phone and I just had it in the back of my car and someone in the car cleaning joint stole my phone but I never missed it just completely forgot about it, didn't even know, you know, but this guy wasn't so smart, because he left the, now what's it called, the, um, 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 what is it, where it's, you can still do find my iPhone with it, you know, so he changed it over to himself, and all that sort of stuff, I had no password on it, so he just used it, you know what I mean, I, um, and he definitely took it out of my car, I didn't, you know, I didn't give it to him, anyway, um, what happened was it's um your oh jeez my brain's gone fuzzy off it's gone past midnight now what's it called your you know uh where you register your uh, phone look it's, it's yeah i'm tired forget it anyway the point is i was still able to track that phone and but i'd forgotten about it right apple id that's what i'm trying to say it's got a, it had my Apple ID in it, you know. But he put his own SIM card in it. But the phone itself had the Apple ID in it. Yeah. You know? Anyway, put that aside, out of your head for a minute. My mother-in-law lost her handbag, and uh, my two brothers and I. Well, I um I jumped onto my phone, and I said. Give me your Apple ID and all this sort of business, you know. And I remembered I had set her phone up with my Apple ID because she doesn't have that sort of thing, my mother-in-law. She didn't know anything about that. And I said, oh, wait a minute. We can track it. Leave it to me, you know. We'll find your handbag. And she's Greek. We're talking a lot of cash in that handbag and all sorts of things, you know. It's one of those bottomless handbags. Greeks and wogs and cash, you know. Um, Now lo and behold i got on to find my iphone and there it was ping pinging you know and i i said right i'm out of here and i gave chase heading towards the ping the ping was going up towards um melton i won't go away i'll give you that we ended up tr- tracking this thing all over the joint you know but anyway at the same time i rang my brother one of my brothers um ex-policeman, and um, said I need a hand can you jump in your car right now he's in Sunbury, and I said I'm heading north, you know up the quarter, and I'm chasing a car don't ask questions, um but we're, um, we've uh, got a stolen handbag with lots of money in it, blah blah blah, you know, he said I'm onto it and at the same time I think he rang, well he did, he rang, he rang the regular police, he's retired, and all this and stuff anyway um, and, um, he hot-footed it down to me. And he was on the phone to me. And he says, where are you? Blah, blah, blah. And we, I ended up, um, following the car. I, I, I tracked the car down because, you know, the, the, the phone was giving off the ping to... Now, where was it? On oh, near Hillside, you know. Um, so we're at the back of Hillside somewhere. Somewhere there, you know. And... Um, and I, I stood off, <laughs> I know the terminology. <laughs> is, that, is that what you say, saying, Gab? <laughs> I stood off, you know. And, um, and I saw a bloke come out of a garage but he had his family with him. And I looked at my phone and that's where the pinging was coming from. And he hopped in the car and I said, surely not. You know, he looked like a family man. With uh, two kids and a wife, you know, and um, hopped in his car, so I, I let him drive away, and the pinging started to follow him. My phone was in that car. Oh my goodness. Now, this is not what I'm talking about, you know, this is, I didn't mean to talk about this one. Anyway, my brother by now was fast approaching, and he said, I've made a good time, and he said, you know, Tony's on his way to, you know, as my other brother, you know. So we had three Ryan brothers all tracking this car now. And um, Cameron said, just pull over, you know. And um, I pulled over. He says, I've rung the police, um, so we've got it all organized and all that sort of stuff. you know. Um, he was doing everything the proper way. And, um, long story short, which never is the case with me. We slowly, we took our time. We had three cars. I had my daughter in the car, which is probably not a ride. Right. Uh, that was you, um, Scarlett. All fake names. And uh, so we had three cars, and we went to St. Albans, because that's where the pinging was come from, and we found where, and we traced it, and there, I said, there it is, you know. I was on the phone to my brother in another car, and the car was there outside of, you know, in the in the sort of strip of shops, he'd gone to have dinner, by the look of it, you know, or something like that, you know. I surmised because he was with his family. Anyway, it was in a shopping strip with restaurants, you know, Chinese restaurants and all that sort of stuff. And uh, and so we stood back, and it was basically a case of wait for him to come out, and then so. One brother was in his car. We went and uh, put two cars in the car park. I don't know where my other brother had put his car, and and then my brother, well, forget which brother, it doesn't matter which brother. One brother went and sat near the car on a sort of park bench, you know, like a bench, and was just sitting there just waiting, you know. And I just moseyed on down there. And I said, "Hey, g'day, how are you?" You know, because we were on a stakeout by now, and. Um, and he said, yeah, day." he said, you know, you might as well, you should go back and sit in your car, because we are standing out like you wouldn't believe, right now. He said, what do you mean? Because I, I don't get out to St Albans very much. Um, and, um, he said, have a look around. And it's right. And this is nothing to do with, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm making no, um, so, social commentary here, but he was right. We were the only two, you know, freckly Irish, bloody anglo mick you know, sort of white guys. <laughs> For want of better, I don't use the term white, but we were. Everyone else was Asian and we stood out. I said, gee, we do stand out here. Said, yeah, you do. He said, so, you know, you rack off. go can't sit over with Tony and I'll just sit wait till the guy comes out. And, so I did, and so my daughter in my car, and we're just sitting there just quietly, and we could see, you know, the car park was behind some shops and we could see brother, we'll call him brother number one, on the stakeout, it was very exciting. And, um, actually it was pretty boring. And eventually, the guy came out, you know? And Cameron, we just watched, throw caution to the wind um saying a few names here um he went up and then he rang me Yeah, he was talking to the wife who was at the car only the wife had come out to the car and he was just chatting to her you know really sort of relaxed you know and um and he said uh he rang me you know I'll use my fake name and he said Charlie uh come over here oh by this time I'd gone behind there's a little toilet block there and I was standing behind the toilet block because I was yeah, you know, I was a bit antsy I wanted to be part of the action but he told me to stay away um, so I waited back you know and um, I was peeking peeking around look I'm not very good on a stakeout I would have stood out like crazy but I was excited you know I was going to get my mother-in-law's handbag back and I was going to be a hero um oh the I wasn't about that. I just got excited, you know. Anyway, so I was seeing him, and, um, and then he rang me, and he said, Charlie, you know, that's my fake name for this podcast, come and, um, I want you to come across now. And then he said to me, and at exactly the same time, the husband came out and said, what's going on, what's going on? I don't know if it, I should have recognised him, you know, because I had he had washed my car. And, um, but it it had been a while, you know, a few weeks, and I didn't twig at this point in time. uh, I I would be lying if I said right now he was vaguely familiar. I don't, sometimes we retrospectively say that, you know. I'm not sure whether I found him vaguely familiar or not. Anyway, um, and he said, now, Charlie, he said to me, you know, using my fake name, I understand you can, he said I've got reason to believe um, blah, blah, blah. Now, he had rung the police ages ago. This was a good hour, and the police still haven't come. They don't, they, they're too busy doing other things. You've got to solve these things by yourself. You know, this was a discussion we had later. Seriously, you know, this was a lay-down Mazaire, case completely solved. We knew where the phone was, in that car. We had tracing, we had everything we needed. All we needed was a cop there to come and just get our phone back. Still the cops hadn't turned up and uh, my brother had been on the phone to them over and over again and he's and he actually said to me like probably 20 minutes earlier uh, they're just not going to come you know he said I'll just sit here and we'll just work it out let's just play it by ear you know anyway he went over there and um, and the bloke was there he said what's going on blah 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 what the hell is this you know um and um and he said uh, my brother said to me well, now I believe you can make your phone make a noise, and I said yes, I can. Yeah, because you can press this, the sound thing. You know, make it, make it go crazy. So I pressed the button, and the bloke was protesting and all that sort of stuff. And his son was now on the other side because the wife had come out with the son, I had hopped in the back of the car on the other side, and then. Um, I pressed the button, and even I wasn't sure what was going to happen here. And guess what? Ding, 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 ding. You know, started making a noise from in the car. The guy's son leaned over, and it was in the passenger side pocket of the door, and pulled it out. And I got the shock of my life because I was expecting my mother-in-law's phone. And I said, hey, that's my phone. I was expecting my mother-in-law's phone, not my phone. I didn't even know I'd lost my phone. And I was really thrown because I was trying to get back a handbag full of valuables and hundreds of dollars and all this sort of business, you know. Lots of money, you know. You don't know my mother-in-law. Now, um, Greek, did I mention that? Yeah, cash. Now, I was really thrown, it was the last thing I expected, it blew my mind actually, so that's my phone, and then, oh my goodness, Yeah, you know, that's exactly what I said, you cleaned my car, and then he said, and then, and then his wife said, what's going on, and he said, oh no, it's nothing, now he had stashed that phone, you know, I don't know what was going on anyway, he said, no, 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 I was only, you know, I found the phone, I didn't know where it came from, and, and she's saying, what's going on? You know, it was really weird. And Cameron, you know, my brother said, Charlie, what's going on? Because he was really thrown. We thought we had the handbag because I didn't know that other phone. I, we thought we were on the tail of my mother-in-law's phone. Wrong phone. Two, two thefts. And we mixed the thefts up. We were on the wrong lead. And I said... You know, and uh, I had expressed certainty to my brother that we were chasing the handbag. So in his head, you know, he thought it was worth taking the risk of um, causing this guy. You know, like he was making a, a citizen's arrest of some sort here, and he. Oh, she had also said, "Show me my, show me your badge." and he and he had bluffed his way past it he's a master of the gab he wasn't masquerading as a policeman at that point he was retired retired you see um look we were bluffing we were bluffing big time you know something like that i can't go into the detail but one way or another yeah well look maybe he accidentally gave the impression that it was an official request or something like that I wasn't even there when he was talking to her. Doesn't matter. And he bluffed his way past that. But suddenly the whole focus was on this phone. The kid just handed the phone to me, you know. And because we were all at the driver's door, and um, I and I had to. I was almost in an apologetic mood. I, and I, oh, because my brother had said we are looking for a stolen handbag, and she and the wife saying, "What's going on here? I don't understand." And he said, well, I didn't steal any handbag and blah, blah, blah. And I said, hang on, everybody. Because it was me who had made the mistake, really. Although, what's sort of mistake, you know? Two phones stolen and I was tracing the wrong one. You can't, Yeah, you know, I'm not going to be able to tell that. Anyway, so what happened was um, I said, no, no, this is a whole different thing. And Cameron was a little bit um, put out because he wouldn't have gone to this much trouble. He wouldn't have, you know, he wouldn't have done that he, he, he was willing to do all this for my mother-in-law but not just for a dumb phone he was doing it for a higher cause if you know what I mean um so I said I'll explain later camera but the handbag's still missing this guy and now the other bloke was saying listen I'm really sorry blah 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 and all that sort of stuff I said listen mate no 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 this has nothing to do with any of that yeah, because he had been essentially accused of stealing a handbag. This is where Cameron was feeling a bit funny, because um, I was absolutely certain we were on the tail of a handbag here. Absolutely, this is where you've got to be careful. You, you're absolutely certain. But the guy was a thief, but he wasn't a thief of that. He was a thief of something smaller, you know. So look, he deserved to get embarrassed in a way, you know. But, um, but then he was saying, you know, it was chat cha cha, and. Uh, Cameron, uh, we all said, let's just leave this alone. Listen, I've got my phone back. We'll say nothing more about this. You know, I'm glad to have my phone back. But our focus that night was not on, not on a stupid iPhone 5. Because I had upgraded. It was even an old phone. It was probably worth 300 bucks. It was probably worth $80 for all I know. It wasn't worth, you know, three of us tailing this bloody thing all the way over to St. Albans. You know to like cast a deliverance down there and um and causing all this but we would not have bothered getting ourselves into this sticky situation for the stupid phone anyway that's the way it worked out i won't go into detail but we ended up finding the handbag later in the night but that was the end of that story And i got my phone back as well so all's welded in as well Uh, now why did i say all that with a phone oh yes um i was in the city and with my two daughters and harley and Scarlett, and you know, we'd been to the orthodontist at the top of collins street and uh, you know, i think they're both beautiful so i said go by the wall take a photo you know while i was taking a photo of those two um someone bag snatched my daughter yeah but I didn't see him bag snatch. I saw him eyeing us off he had a he um he had a bike and two or three bags well was three bags and just as I was taking the photo and my daughter had put her, her bag down which had all the orthodontist stuff in it you know expensive orthodontistry and her iPad in it and I'm just arriving in the lawn actually uh, fat ladies um now um if you've beat the lawn you know what I mean by that they got big bums the biggest bums around uh, now um just outside the mantra um and um I took my attention off him I didn't know what he was but he was looking at me in a strange way I thought yeah nut job you know nut case whatever and I took a photo of the girls with my phone. Uh, you know, take another photo, take another photo, smile, you know. Looked around, her bag's gone. He's gone. Everything's gone. Oh, crikey. And I said, Hey on girls and I actually just ran up to the corner. Yeah, you know, it was in um mum um, um, what is it, Flinders Lane, you know, little Collins Street. Yeah, little Collins Street, on that corner there. Yeah, this is um now I, and I looked around no sign. No sign. In fact, I probably had taken my taken my eye off the bag for a good thirty seconds or more or a minute even because I get a bit obsessed taking photos of my daughters. Anyway, um, so what happened was looked around, just no sign. So I had the presence of mind, had the presence of mind, and I jumped on to find my iPhone once again. Uh, I wish I didn't have such a long email address too. But I'm busy typing all that. And then the password. And it was on. And as far as I could see, the ping was on the tram. There was a tram pulled over on the other side. The other side of the fountain, statue, whatever. You know. Um, you, if you know the area, you know what I mean. Um, the tram that goes off to St Vincent's Hospital. So, the old vault again. And... um I said to the girls, you know, at that point, 14 and 12, and I said, stand right there. And I ran, and I leapt onto the train tram, and I knew the guy, I knew what he looked like, and I really hastily looked around, and then realised I couldn't leave my girls there, who were still in view, and just before the tram doors shut, I leapt off the tram again, and I had to fold this fence, there was a temporary fence there, um, they were doing something there, uh, just where the grass ends, you know, so I leapt over that, didn't trip this time, and, um, and, uh, the tram went. So, then ran over, get, got my car with the girls, it was just parked in, uh, Little Collins Street there, I got my car, I said, girls, jump in the car, and, once again, on the trail, and we were chasing this guy, who was on a tram, all the way to Richmond, Richmond Housing Commission Flats, I've, I've landed at my destination, the Grand Pacific, where my in-laws have a, an apartment here, overlooking the pier, it's beautiful, you know, um, anyway, oh, I've got to go in, it's late, it's 12.30, I said i will be about midnight, um, but I haven't wasted time chatting, and, um, followed it in the car, nice and quietly, went all the way to Richmond to the Housing Commission flats in Elizabeth Street, I know what street it is and parked in the car park and said to the girls, wait there, but then I said no, this is a dangerous area I said no, follow me, I said to the girls follow me, and I, was th- I still had a ping which I couldn't believe, because if they go into the flats you're gone yeah, because they're like 25 stories high or 30 stories high so if they go into the flats you only get a ping vertically, you know what I mean so they could have been... If you get a ping, you know what square meter they're in, but you don't know how, what floor they're on, you know? You wouldn't believe it. The guy stopped and had a smoke out the front. He had his bike there and his three bags, full of stolen stuff, absolutely for sure. I know now. He was an ice head, you know? And I said to the girls, we were, um, they hid behind a little wall. There's a little car park. You go into the flats there and... I had the car parked there, but I'd made them come out where I could still see them. I shouldn't have done this with all the daughters there. Um, but I wanted to get her iPad back because my wife was going to kill me. Oh, I don't know. You've got to weigh these things up. It's tough. You know? And all the orthodontistry stuff was in the bag too. Uh, it was just all too much. You know? Um, what do they call them? Um, spaces, whatever they are. Oh, you know, We're talking thousands of dollars. It's a brand new iPad. Oh, no. Anyway, um... Anyway, I just said to the girls, "Just stay there. I could, so I could see him." And I walked over to the road, you know, along the footpath. So I went out along the footpath and then cut across off video. And my daughter videoed the whole thing. I've got a video. It's very hilarious. And then I came up behind him, and just as I came up behind him, I pressed the sound my iPhone thing again. yeah, you know, I never dare press those things until I I know where the phone is. You know, Cause you don't want to waste it because. Then they'll turn the phone off. They're always too stupid to turn the phone off. Have you noticed that? Later I was chatting to my brother about that. He's an ex-cop. And he said, yeah, that's the one thing that solves solves a lot of cases. That most people who do the wrong thing are pretty stupid. Um, Anyway, I went up to him and then I pressed the thing and I heard the thing binging. He was separated. He had the bag. He had his bike there. But he had these three bags over on the left near the wall. Um, There was a shipping container there too and I said you have done your good deed for the day, this is where I, you know it's just an ice head and um, I think you've just found my iPad Uh, because I know where my iPad is, because I just pressed a button here and I know where my iPad is, it's over in those bags, did you find it today somewhere? I knew him I'd already seen him, and he said blah blah blah, you know what I mean and I said, listen, do you mind if I get my iPad and then we'll have a chat he said oh it's in the front pocket mate it's in the front pocket you know something like that and so I went over there and I just zipped it, and there it was just sitting there and I took my iPad out and I said to him now there was a bag where was the bag you know and he said oh I uh now what was the word he said you know you see he stashed it he dumped it you know what I mean I said where did you dump it rubbish bin near the, sta- near the fountain or the statue I forget what he said near the fountain you know I went right i knew exactly what he meant way back at the top of little Collins street oh my god with all the orthodontistry stuff i had got the ipad back that was good you know unbeknown to me my daughter you Scarlett, had been videoing all of this thing anyway i came running um, away from him, running back to the car, but my daughters misconstrued that as me running away from the guy, but I was actually panicking, because I had to get back to Little Collins I didn't care about that guy, he, he was a nothing, later for a joke, I was telling people he was a big guy, but he was actually pretty scrawny, but I've asked my daughters to say he was a big guy, but he was just a nice head, um, anyway, um, and once again I've been in this situation before I had something stolen a long time ago and I relied upon the cops but then they have to go and get a warrant and all sorts of stuff before they'll search it and it becomes a nightmare and if he had got into that housing commission flat it was gone if you rely on the cops to solve these things they have to go through processes and you can't sort of you know and we don't have to go through processes you know what I mean Um, anyway point is that was a next to nothing situation ran back in the city and you wouldn't believe it we found the bag in a bin yeah. Um, um. my daughter, Scarlett, you are so particular. She, there was toothbrushes and stuff. She chucked all that stuff out. We just needed the space. We actually lost one. For some Somehow we lost one because it was all broken open and everything. It was a mess. That's the end of that story. I'm, it's 12.37. I've got to get inside. I could keep talking like this forever. Not with a, bay- a bayonet through your neck, you couldn't, is what my wife would say at this point in time. Uh, that's the end of that episode. It was a long chat on a drive to Lawn. I didn't expect to be talking about any of that. I was actually going to talk about something else. I, can't I was going to talk about that bloody coronavirus. You know, and stuff like that. I remember. I was planning to get onto that, never did. Good night. <laughs>